0: Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach Brendan Sir. I am so excited. JP Clark is our guest today. JP and I go back uh, all the way to the University of Central Florida, UCF, where he came in as a grad assistant to Donnie, head coach Donnie Jones, and myself. And uh, immediately, I took a liking to him. He and his his daddy, uh, you know, was a coach for thirty one years at Flagler College. And his grandpa was the leading scorer in UCF history and the coach there for a thousand years. Uh, Just an incredible. Torchy Clark is a legend in Orlando. And uh, so it's a great family. I got really close with him. And uh, as you're going to hear, you know, I just knew he was special. And, uh, you know, Doc Rivers played for me with the Atlanta Hawks for eight years, drafted him. And uh, became very, very close to he, his wife, of four kids. And uh, son, Austin, finished his freshman year at Duke. And one of my closest friends, Agent David Falk, the agent to the stars, Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, et cetera, uh, was going to represent Austin in the draft. And David called me up and said he doesn't want to train in las vegas or some place he wants to train at home in orlando do you know anyone that can work him out i said yes i'll work him out he said what do you mean you'll work him out i said i will work him out it's the least i can do for doc and uh and so i took it and i, I brought jp with me uh, i thought he'd be a great experience for him and the rest is kind of history he did he did an incredible job and developed great rapport with austin and it led and this is why it's so important. As our friend Kevin Eastman you say, never turn down a basketball opportunity. JP took this opportunity to work with Austin for a couple months. Uh there was no pay involved. And all we tried to do is help Austin. He got drafted ninth in the NBA draft, where he was originally projected to be somewhere between twenty two and twenty seven. And we're very proud of that. And and it you know gave Austin some tremendous financial security. Uh, Doc was pleased, and to the point where Austin validated uh, J.P., and that summer they hired him to work with the Boston Celtics. So you never know what can happen in life, and that's the encouragement. So after this quick timeout from our friends and sponsors, you're going to come back and learn a lot about J.P. Clark. I'm so excited to announce our new partner, Instat. Instat is a powerful web based platform which enables you to store, edit, and share video linked to statistics. Their video database contains over 30,000 player profiles and nearly 7,000 team profiles. Thousands of basketball games from all over the world are uploaded daily, with many of them filmed exclusively by Instat. Instat's user friendly interface is very intuitive. The flexible filtering system will fit the needs of coaches at all levels. You can sort through specific play types, locations on the court, lineups, and various other parameters. The Instat system contains multiple tools that clients from all over the world utilize for scouting, recruiting, coaching and player development, video editing, and tagging. They also take an individual approach to each client, the Wide network of Instat account representatives allow Instat to best serve their clients 24/7. Also, Instat production specialists will provide you with a quick and precise breakdowns of your team and opponents in less than 10 hours. Need a certain game ready sooner? Instat gives you the ability to prioritize the specific games you want the data for first. Instat also provides free individual player access. So feel free to invite your players to the INSTAT platform so they can access their page, follow their performance, scout opponents, and share clips with other players and coaches. After each game, they can receive an individual one-page PDF report and video clips with all box score statistics. For more details, please visit our official website, instatsport.com forward slash basketball and apply for a free one-month trial using code Coaching You Live. Again, that code is Coaching You Live. Contact Eric Stang at eric.stang at instatsport.com for more information on this offer as well. And that's E R I C period S T A N G at I-N-S-T-A-T sport.com Or click the link in our show notes. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach Brendan Sir. And I am so excited today to have a longtime friend uh, and a hell of a coach, J.P. Clark, as our guest. J.P., welcome, my friend.
1: Thank you, coach. Excited to talk to you today.
0: I know you are, man. Uh, But this is, I know as we're recording this, you're, you know, you're a a Floridian and you've spent the last seven years out in Los Angeles. And as we were talking offline earlier today, uh, you're getting about, you know. Eight, ten, twenty 10, 20 inches of snow this weekend uh, up in Philadelphia area. So
1: that's right, coach. That's welcome, right.
0: Welcome to where I had to grow up, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, that's uh, right. what an opportunity you have uh, after, you know, you, you know, when you start out with the Celtics, you know, you, you were splitting duties between uh, their G League team uh, the main red was it the red claws is that what they, the I, red claws yeah yes. and uh you know and then also you know doing some work pre and postseason with the celtics and then when you went out to los angeles you were you know with the clippers all the time with doc what you know now back in the g league <laughs> talk first about what's the difference in the g league then and now eight years or so difference eight nine years difference
1: Well, coach. uh, For one, uh, the the talent uh, is just amazing. That the talent Uh, level—it was high back then. It's even higher now. Uh, But the league has come a a long ways. Uh, There's 30 NBA G League teams now, uh, 28 which are are club owned, so they're they're individually owned by their parent club. So the the arenas have improved. Everything the travel has improved as far as taking planes and not having to take multiple connections. Uh, small things like that 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 go a long ways have, have really improved the overall budgets. Uh, things like meals for the players, the housing. So just eight nine years ago, uh, my my first run, you know, with, they're actually the the main Celtics now, uh, but they were the main Red Claws then. You can just see how how much progress the league has made you know over these last eight or nine years
0: you know having coached and owned a cba team and run the cba which was before the d league came into existence uh forward slash g league uh you know i was i'm a big believer in minor league basketball and you know back in that day in the 90s and stuff the the nba the nba you know as old as we are now uh, the CBA was one year older than the NBA as far as its start. Uh, but, you know, I, I was a big believer in uh, minor league basketball and, and more so now. And I think for many reasons, uh, the development of players, the development of coaches, the development of medical personnel, uh, PR staff, general managers, the whole gamut, strength and conditioning coaches, uh, what have you seen as far as the talent, not just the players, we always talk about players, the talent is obviously outstanding, but the talent of the young coaches that we have in the league now?
1: Well, you see it firsthand. Uh, you see it with, with guys like Nick Nurse. Uh, you see it with Quinn Snyders, the Chris Finches. You could go down the list, uh, Dagonal and OKC, uh, Taylor Jenkins, um, Nate Bjorkgren. So there's so many guys that have gone from either being a G League assistant, G League head coach, into being an NBA head coach, which is which is a remarkable run, and and not only to a G League head coach, but they've had incredible success with Nick Nurse, Quinn Snyder, you know, the, the year the Grizzlies are having this year under Taylor Jenkins. So uh, that's something that that me as a coach I, I follow really close to to see those guys and and the journeys that they've had and the career stops that that each coach has made and that's always inspiring for a young coach like myself to, to see that the different stops that, you know, these super successful head coaches uh, eventually started, they don't just, you know, you know, this, they don't just all of a sudden become the head coach of the Utah jazz or, or the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. There's so much grind and work and CBA and overseas. And there's so much that goes into getting to that level. So, Uh, But, yeah, as far as the the medical staff, you see the same thing. Um, You see the same thing in the strength and conditioning coach. There's three, four, five guys that I could name off the top of my head that I knew from the G League, you know, back eight, nine years ago that are now in the NBA in a non-coaching role, whether that's uh, someone in the front office or someone uh, in basketball operations or in the training staff. So it's really exciting to see, and, and you really form quality relationships in the G League. That's another really part that uh, really big part that I enjoy is you, you have your hands on so many different aspects uh, in the G league coaching. You're on the floor, you're, 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 helping in roster management, you're helping set the gym up so that mm-hmm. the relationships you build, um, you know, are really quality ones and they're really selfless relationships that, that carry on for a long time.
0: You know, I, I, I one of the things that um, is a really, uh, you know, I, we, you know, as you know, you, you've been listening to the podcast since we've started, and one of the thing about our podcast is, you know, that I really wasn't aware of until certain times in the year when I get a text or an email from a coach overseas, uh, whether it be in the Philippines, Australia, uh, anywhere in Europe, uh, our friends in Canada, and and they ask questions that I you assume they know because. You know, when I first started doing this, I felt I was speaking only to coaches in the U.S. Now I know our audience is worldwide. Uh, the biggest thing I think I want to emphasize uh, to coaches that are in the U.S. that are also worldwide is that there are different paths in basketball to be a high school, college, pro coach, etc. You know, and so... Many coaches think that if you want to get into the pros someday, you go through the route of getting in, becoming a college coach. And I think, and I've always advised, I think that is maybe the worst idea uh, because there's a ceiling in college coaching. Only certain guys can get on the floor and things of that nature. Recruiting is more important than coaching at many schools. Talk about, you know, you've done both, you've been at the college level, and then, of course, you've had now, you know, your journey in the pros. Talk about how there is no ceiling in the pros as far as what you're allowed to do and your growth.
1: Well, coach, so those are really good points that that you made. And, and you know, a, a little background on myself, My, you know, I played college basketball for my dad at a school called Flagler College in Florida, Division II school. You know, my grandpa coached in college. So that was really where I grew up and and what I knew best. Um, So it really wasn't until I got a chance with the main red claws and doc and the Celtics that I got to experience professional basketball. And there's incredible uh, positives to both levels, but you, you really hit the nail on the head on on the part that I enjoy the most about the professional game. It's when I get up in the morning, you know, the first thing I'm thinking about is, Hey, how can I develop my players today? Uh, Hey, what, what film do I need to watch or, what opponent do I need to break down? Or, uh, boy, I, I heard the Jazz had, ran some great ATOs last night. Let me pull those up on on you know one of the the synergy accounts, and it, it's all basketball. And that was a part that you don't know it until you're able to access it and be a part of it on a daily basis. But that's my favorite part. I, I'm a total basketball junkie, and just the 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 fact that it's basketball all the time uh, is something that I really enjoy. And there's tremendous benefits to, to being in college as well. And, and we could go down the list of those and make it an impact on, on young people. And But you can also do that in the pros. Um, but it, it's, it's a game that is just really well um, respected, uh, both internationally and, and here in the States. And it's just a, a lot of fun to be a part of it.
0: You know, one of the things, uh, and we'll talk about so many different topics, but one of the things that uh, my pet, One of my pet peeves uh, between college and pro, um, frankly, has nothing to do. It has all to do with the rules of the game. And I really think, since we were the originators of basketball in the U.S., that we should almost u- have universal rules. And it really bothers me that college basketball plays by two halves and in every other level from high school to pros. Even women's our women's college game. We play with four quarters. Everything we do, FIBA-wise, four quarters. Uh, it, 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 you know, just I just don't understand it. And also, the kids, the men at the men's game uh, in college, the, all the kids. If if I go into any school in the country, I ask how many kids would love to play professionally, and every one of them raise their hand, even walk-ons. And you know, why don't we use the same rules? You know. I, I just no, don't understand that.
1: It's really a good point, point. Um, and you know what? What's kind of unique about the G League is how the NBA uses it is it uses it as a testing tool. And one of the things is the rules. Like um, mm-hmm. in the G League, they have a free throw rule. So every time a guy is fouled uh, in the act of shooting, whether it's a two point shot, whether it's a three point shot. He'll step up to the line, and he has one shot to get those points. So wow. if it's a two, he's got one shot to get two. And then if it's a three, he's got one shot to get three. So that uh, that is interesting in the G League as far as how the NBA uses it as a, as a testing tool, really, uh, to see if there's – they always try it first in the G League. And then if there's success there, if the players buy into it, if the coaches buy into it, then they'll translate it you know, into the NBA. So that's something – you know as far as just paying more attention to the rules and and just being observant um, you know being on the front of the bench and and you know knowing the timeouts and you know when the mandatories are coming and just little little things like that makes you pay attention more to the rules of the game there, so
0: yeah there's a great flow to the pro game as opposed to is. the college game there's it's very awkward at times because of, they're taking their timeouts at at, uh, at different times and stuff JP, we're going to take a quick time out. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about some of the players that you developed over your pro career. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Brendan, sir. I'm talking to coaches, PE teachers, ADs, and camp directors because I'm so excited to announce our newest Coaching You podcast partnership with my friends from 360 Hoops. What if I told you that I've witnessed the most innovative game training and exercise for kids that I've seen in decades. 360 hoops takes up less space than traditional basketball and allows for more players to get involved in developing their basketball fundamentals. The three-sided basket is attached to wheels for easy transportation and can adjust from 7 to 10 feet. The uses are endless from elementary and Middle school recess to physical education class that can also be used for team practice and skill development training for teams with players of all ages. For more information, visit www.play360hoops.com. To learn more about this new innovative product, make sure you mention Coaching You for a 10% discount. We'll welcome back with our friend JP Clark. I, I I have trouble saying our, our our name of our team in Delaware.
1: I'm, blue I'm, coats.
0: I'm, I'm I'm so used to saying I have so many friends uh, that went to the Del University of Delaware Blue Hens. Yes. You know, yes. Right. You know. So, uh, but anyway, talk talk about first of all when you were with the Celtics and then really with the Clips. Uh, some of the guys you got to work with, and uh, you know. And then in the summer, Doc, you know, or Lawrence Frank would say, hey, go spend a week with this guy. I mean, this is a dream of anyone that ever wants to get into player development, which is mandatory for every coach to be able to develop the talent you have. Talk about some of the guys and what made them so unique.
1: Well, it really was, Coach. Uh, And and for the people that that don't know our background, you've been instrumental in my career. And the first guy that that I was able to work with was in large part because of you and and Coach Kevin Eastman and volunteering at Coaching You Live. And and that was Doc's son, Austin. Um, He was a freshman at Duke and Needed someone to work out with uh, prior to the draft. You helped arrange that with his agent, David Falk. And uh, next thing you know, I'm, I'm working for Doc and the Clippers. But, um, you know, I've been very, very fortunate to, to work with a lot of great players. But I've been even more fortunate to work with some amazing coaches that that really taught me how to work with those type of players. And one of those is Kevin Eastman. Uh, we started together in Boston and transitioned. To the Clippers, uh, some of the guys, you know, he was responsible at the time in, in Los Angeles, you know, for our player development program, as well as being one of Doc's, you know, right hand assistant coaches. But, you know, those initial years, um, you know, some of the guys we had Darren Collison, um, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Jamal Crawford, uh, Ryan Hollins, Willie Green, and and really, you know, the, those years transition. There, there's so many guys from from Reggie Bullock to Big Baby, Jeff Green, uh, Pat Bev, Kawhi, Paul George. So um, we we've really, you know, uh, Doc's done an amazing job, you know, in, in his career. And it seems like he's he always has talent, you know, wherever he goes. And and he's a big reason, you know, why is because players, you know, want to play for him, but. Um, you know, it, it was awesome being able to to work with and and still work with players of that caliber, and and uh, it's something that um, I'll always cherish. And and just on a daily basis, just try to continue to learn. So uh, each day, I, you know, I can bring my best and and try to help these players become the the best versions of themselves.
0: So one of the things that um you know Doc, you know, has always talked about, and one of the things that I've learned from my years in the NBA was the if people think, well, if I ever worked with Chris Paul or Ray Allen, God, that would be easy. But it's like being a teacher in high school or college, more high school than, and you're teaching an advanced placement class. And those students are so freaking demanding because they want to learn. And, and if you don't know your shit, you're in trouble, right?
1: You, you are. And, and and that was, I remember first starting in Boston and, and Coach Eastman, was, you know, has been a big mentor and was then. Sure. And, you know, me me first coming in, it, it's almost like I remember him telling me, like, just fake it, fake it till you make it. You know, and, and he's saying it in a real positive way. Uh, and, and my approach was just w- w- whenever you first start in professional basketball, y- your head is just spinning for the first. Probably two to three years, um, just picking up the the concepts and the terminology and the in the language, and it's just so much different than college, and, and it's a different game, and the spacings different. The, the you know, obviously, the talent level is different. Uh, so I, I think what, what what I tried to do initially was just bring great energy, bring great juice every day. Um, being young, I was able to get out there, and uh, you know, he, Coach Eastman, you would use a term, sweat equity, and. Mm-hmm put in sweat equity with the guys and, and get out there and sweat with them. And I think the players saw that, that I was committed to them and, and I was there to help them. And that was really it. My, my only role being there was, was to help them. And um, I always uh like look at player development as, as you're as, as a coach, you're, you're preparing for a scout. So as a player development coach, my job is to do a scout on the player that I'm working with. So you, you you know, you might, when you're doing a scout for a team, you might spend four, six, eight hours, you know, developing, you know, uh, so developing a a knowledge of that team so that when you give your scouting report to the team, you know, you have a thorough understanding of what they do and, and how you can guard it, how you can stop them. And I think the same approach works in development. So if you're going and you're working with a Rajon Rondo or a Chris Paul is is putting that initial time in the Austin Rivers days where you, you're spending four to six to, to eight hours just studying his game and, and what they do and talking to the head coach and, and where that player can improve to, to help not only himself, but the team. And I think that really helped me early on is just having the thorough understanding of, of what they did. And even though I might not have had the background of an NBA coach, I, I had a thorough understanding of their game. Uh, and I felt that that really helped uh, build the relationship and helped them buy into me uh, initially and early on in, in my career.
0: JP, one of the things when you do that, it gives you instant credibility with that player that you know his game and you can tell him, you know, here's what you do every time you want to. you go left, you take two dribbles and you pull up and get a shot. We've seen that 68% of the time. That's how you can use analytics. And all of a sudden the guy says, shit, I didn't know that. I had no idea. Or when LeBron used to, every time he went left, he never finished at the rim. He would always take a fadeaway, one foot shot or a pull up jumper. You know, only would finish going right. Uh, So, you know, when you have these little things to help them improve their game, it's so meaningful. Or when you have Chris Paul, And he becomes the master of the mid-range where all these other guys, young players, all they're doing is out there. They want to just jack up threes. And all he's trying to do is work on dribble moves and learn how to come off the pick and roll and read how the defense is guarding him. That he sees now that the defense has changed from when he first came in the league, it was all hedging and or blitzing a pick and roll on a good player like him to all of a sudden now it's drop coverage. And now he's got to have that 12 to 18 foot shot. So now you have, when you're working with guys, do you now say to some guards, young kids, whether it be in the G League, say, okay, a point guard and say, okay, here's something we do. I'm going to work with you so that you develop Chris Paul's game. You know what I mean? Type of thing. Does does that help using people that you've worked with?
1: It does. It does. And, and it, you, while they might not develop into Chris Paul's game that, you know, obviously that they can they can relate to Chris Paul. Um, and yeah. that's that's I think the the greatest uh, thing about the NBA players are so recognizable and that w- when you use, you know, those players names that the player uh, who is at a lower level that you're working with immediately. OK, I, I understand Chris Paul's mid range, like there's a visual that comes up, right. comes up right away. Um, so I think that's where it's it's very beneficial, um, and and guys really, uh, especially in the summer, uh, where you can really, you know, buy into quality individual time. That they, they really buy into film. Um, so like a lot of the edits that I, I've kept all the edits from from all those years, and and just showing them uh, like clips of of guys like JJ Reddick coming off screens and, wow. and the setups that they use, and and how they you know walk their defender in, and the games they play, just to just to create a little bit of space Um, like an edit like that I've used quite a bit, just like the movement off the ball and and getting open as a shooter and, and how that can be beneficial. So, um, but yeah, I I think that that having that uh, background with, with some of those guys has, has really helped, uh, you know, me develop as a coach and, and when you're working with guys of that caliber, you're learning way more from them than you're teaching them. But if you can bring something to the table, maybe just, just maybe just one or two things mm-hmm. uh, that maybe they haven't seen uh, that can go a long way with, with guys like that. Um, and and you're all you're doing is you're just trying to, to bring a new perspective and, and understand that they're one of the greats uh, of all time because of who they are and what they've done and the career that they've had. And, and your job is just to complement that. So if, if you can make them 1% better, then, then you've done your job. And, and, and that's, uh, you know, how I always try to approach it.
0: You know, it's funny. I, I, one of the players you used to work with with the Clippers was one of my favorite guys I ever coached in the NBA, Jamal Crawford. And uh, just an incredible human being, uh, let alone player. And, uh, you know, could still play in the league today at 40. And uh, the thing about uh, yesterday was uh, – One of the, uh, you know, he scored 52 points against the Miami Heat, you know, Dwayne Wade, you know, those guys. And our friend, uh, you know, Pat Riley was coaching the game. And and it was at Madison Square Garden. I was coaching it. And somehow it came on, you know, on Twitter last night. And uh, so I watched it. It had all 52 points he scored. Can you imagine that? And at one one point, (laughs) talk about, you know, forgetting At one point, against Dwayne Wade in Madison Square Garden, he made eighteen straight field goals. Every which way you can, from drives to everything, and to watch him and to see the things that he was doing, uh, you know, all of a sudden you say, "Wow, that, that he was so special." And that's the satisfaction you get when you, through player development, Kevin Eastman had a great statement that I know you believe in that player develop no player development and this is really important whether you're a high school or college or pro coach no player development can occur until you have a personal relationship with the player you're working with it's a powerful so statement
1: it's, it's, it really is coach
0: you know and I, and I found that you know just walking in and say hey here's the drills we're doing <laughs> i could care less you know but all of a sudden if that person thinks you're investing in them and he trusts you, and he knows that you care about them, like you were saying, that's, that's the first thing. So if you want to be in player development, and you must, every one of us in coaching must be, the first thing you have to have is develop a relationship with that high school player, with that college player, whoever that player is. So now, you know, Doc and Lawrence Frank would send you on a trip for four days in the summer to Winston-Salem to see our friend Chris Paul you know, that that he would want to work with you for four or five days is an amazing testament to your likability and to the trust he has and belief in you. What is that like when a, one of the best players in the league, in my opinion of all time, wants to work with you?
1: Well, it was incredibly uh, humbling. Uh, and it, it was something that, uh, you know, he, he was one of the first players that, really kind of bought into me. Uh Austin was the first, but that was prior to uh joining the the NBA. Uh so but but Chris was really the first one that that gave me a real shot. Um and and we would spend a lot of time uh I remember listening to a I think it was that coaching you actually a Stan Van Gundy talk and and he talked about uh the importance of uh statistics and advanced stats and uh, how he would, when he started his scouts before he watched any tape, he would spend you know hours going over you know analytical details, and then when when he watched the video, you know everything kind of made sense you know based on the numbers because it always adds up. Um, and and I think that was the approach uh, with with Chris that that he really enjoyed was just taking taking an analytical look at his game and, and where his shots were coming from. Uh, you know areas that that he could continue to to get better in, uh, areas that he could t- continue to exploit, and uh, so we would we would watch a, just uh, we would watch a ton of film together, and in those film sessions, like I said earlier, you know he was the one teaching me, not not me teaching him. But what I tried to do is just you know find different angles, uh, you know that we could discuss and, and talk about, and then. Uh, we would always start with film, and and sometimes I might have had ten clips, uh, and planned to watch it for two minutes, and then we ended up watching it for forty five minutes. <laughs> um, and that's just you know, the, I mean, he's a, just like Jamal Crawford, just a total basketball junkie. You know, they, yep. they're the ones that have the the four TVs in their living room, and and all four hooked up to league pass, and they're watching four games. But but anyways, we, we would work out at his gym. Uh, he's got a Chris Paul Academy in, in Winston Salem, beautiful gym, weight room, pools. He's got two full courts and, and we would watch film there. He, he'd uh, do his workout first thing in the morning. He used to go at 6 a.m. Uh, he'd wow. get there about 5.15. Uh, he'd do his weightlifting for about 30, 40 minutes. Uh, we'd start watching film about 6 uh, and then he'd get on the court, usually around like 6.30, 6.45, go through about an hour, hour and a half uh, workout. Uh, generally, we'd go to lunch and then uh, we'd do the same thing the next day. So those were times that I, I always enjoyed and, and that, you know, Chris Paul was one of the examples, but especially during my first, you know, four or five years with, with Doc and the Clippers, that was a primary role of mine um, is to go out in the summers and, and spend time with guys. And, you know, the, the gym is where you're going to spend the most times, but it's great to be able to, to go to lunch with guys and, and go to dinner with guys and meet guys' families and, uh, just that—that that to me is—it's so much easier in the summer to to really build a genuine relationship. Uh, and the season, you know, it gets tense and that there's so much pressure at that level. Um, so that the summers are really times to to take advantage of. But but those times in Winston Salem, uh, you know, were, were really special to me and and uh, something that I'll I'll always remember.
0: I love that. I love that, JP. We're going to take another timeout. We're going to come back with JP Clark after this short timeout. Coaches, are you looking to take your game preparation to the next level? Then Fast Model Sports is the perfect coaching software for you. With FastDraw, build an organized library of plays and drills and create professional playbooks to share with your players and staff. You can also download over 9,500 free plays and drills from our play bank directly to your FastDraw account. Looking for a better way to build your scouting reports and want to include video? With FastScout, Build custom scouting report templates to prepare your team best for each individual opponent. Plus, did you know with the latest updates from Fast Model Sports, you can now include video with your Fast Scout reports and share with your coaches and staff all within the Fast Scout mobile app. The combination of Fast Draw and Fast Scout is by far the best way for you and your coaches to create winning game strategies and effectively communicate them to your team. Over 10,000 high school and youth coaches trust Fast Model Sports products to help their teams reach their goals. To order, go to FastModelSports.com. Use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any Fast Draw or Fast Scout products. Remember, go to FastModelSports.com. Use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any Fast Draw and Fast Scout products. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish dr dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better faster while tracking progress along the way dr dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training pro trainers and coaches on demand real-time and detailed analytics and top-of-the-line drills and workouts if you're looking to take your program To the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in to Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention coaching you or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. We're back with JP Clark. And JP, uh, when you were with the Clippers, for instance, and, uh, you know, and, you know, again, you know, having coached Doc for eight years and knowing him and being the one that, uh, you know, encouraged him to become an NBA coach, I just thought he had every. Every quality you could ever want in a coach, um, you know. And he told me, you know, I never want a coach. And I, and he's now next to Popovich, the longest tenured coach in in, in the NBA. I think now in twenty three years, right? And uh, and he's just fabulous at it. And but how? you know we have a lot of people if you turn in a game turn in and watch a game on TV you see the head coach you see three assistants on the bench you see three or four guys behind the bench talk about some of the roles of those people uh and then what was your role let's say when you were with the clippers
1: yeah um so so the, the staffs uh as you know ha- have gotten bigger um even even since you know when i started uh but it, it's become uh, very specialized which I, I think is good for the players there, there's more help for the players uh, right. i think for a staff dynamic at times it can be more challenging because there, there's more people but uh uh the, it's very specialized so uh like at the front of the bench you'll have your head coach uh generally uh, head coaches you know some some do it differently than others but doc usually had a a defensive guy uh and then generally he'll have two other assistants um that are front of the bench so whether he has a defensive guy maybe a defensive assistant maybe rotating um and then sam sam cassell has been with him primarily as well uh so and then generally the back of the bench uh you'll have uh Nowadays, there'll be someone that's doing video behind the bench uh, that can flag uh, and trigger like a replay for the if if there's a play that he feels like Doc should replay or or the Clippers should replay or, or whoever. By that you mean yeah, challenge. like the, yeah. the challenge exactly. Right. Uh, so so that that that's a big role. And, and uh, can nowadays. you just
0: go into depth on that because now as opposed to when I was coaching. Heck, we didn't even, the internet wasn't invented even in the beginning of my coaching career. (laughs) But, you know, that now you have, whether it's, I don't know if it's an iPad or, you know, if it's a Microsoft Square, Uh, you know, what are are they using uh, to, they can instantaneously pull up video, current video, as well as during timeouts explain how they can use it for offense and defensive purposes.
1: Yeah, it's pretty remarkable coach. They, uh, they actually have a live feedback there. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's about a second or two delayed. It might, by, by now, it's probably like real time uh, right. with the technology, but uh, a couple years ago it was about, it was a couple second delay, but it's a live feed. So, um, the, he, he the, video coordinator or whoever uh, his role behind the bench that has the computer uh, basically is, is watching a a live feed so he can actually rewind fast forward. So if there's like a bang, bang play at the rim charge block, you know, and one uh, you know, the big possession where a foul, you know, can be taken off the board or points can be taken off the board. He can rewind that very quickly, watch it. And then if he sees like it's worth challenging, you know, he'll flag doc or one of the assistants will flag doc. And then there's a green buzzer uh, right at the end of the scores table that uh, the head coach can press, and it'll trigger the replay. So that's kind of how it works. Um, some coaches, if it's a close call, can call timeout uh, just to just to stop the play, and then they can review it during the timeout and decide to challenge it or not. But yeah, uh, yeah it's interesting, uh, you know, how how far that that technology has come because that wasn't always like that, but now it's not even a where you need to go back and, you know, it used to be you had to go back and ask for the clips and then you couldn't get the clips until, you know, halftime. And even that was at times challenging, but now it's a live feed. You can clip it live. So, um, a lot of the times, you know, you see it with the, I think the, the chart or the, uh, the call like overturns the percentage keeps going higher and higher. And that's because, they're, they're watching it so they already know that it's it's the wrong call
0: that's fabulous I mean that's big time what a what an opportunity that's opened up for someone else to get into the game as a as a coach to develop you gain a lot of credibility uh, if you can keep signaling the right plays talk about late in the game now we're in the last two minutes of a game and there's a timeout and I know I used to have to study my opponent my coach that I was going against, whether it was Pat Riley or Phil Jackson, and say, okay, this is what he likes to do at the end of the game. And then I'd have to draw it up for our players. Nowadays, a wee bit different, huh? As far as what they're doing.
1: It is. It is just as far as most teams now. So I think this, that role is going down a little bit, but with the video, but most teams still have an advanced scout. So that advanced scout is out watching you know, he, let's say you play the Knicks on Saturday. Well, he just saw the Knicks uh, that pre- that previous Thursday. Mm-hmm. So then on Thursday night, he'll go home. He'll write up all the calls. You know, Friday morning, the defensive room will get all those calls. The So they'll put them all into the video. So by the time you play the Knicks Saturday night, not only do you have the video of what they're running, but you actually know the call for each set that they're going to run. So you know, a big part of the coach's role behind the bench is, you know, whoever scouted is, you can almost relay call for call, uh, whatever call the opposing team is making. You can relay it to your guy, especially when your defense is in front of you. That's a big advantage of, of what set is coming. And in large part, that's because of the advanced scout. Um, so I think it's a, a really, uh, Underrated position, Uh, and I'm surprised that it's not. (laughs) It's not. uh, I feel it's it's going away a little bit. I feel
0: it's the hardest job there was in pro basketball when I was in the game, was the advanced scout. I mean, it was tireless. It was a tireless job. It is.
1: It in. It's not a job that I've done, but it's a job that I've had close contact with our guy that did it, and I know that a lot of his emails were coming at three, four in the morning. And uh, there's a lot of pressure to get those emails with, with how quickly the games turn in the NBA. I mean, you know, you you know how it is you're playing four or five games a week sometimes. And uh, the calls are so important at that level because they're accurate.
0: And, And this is another thing. And, you know, we talk all the time about preparation. How do, how do I best prepare my team for an opponent? And what I learned in the NBA, it's all based on frequency. So, you know, you know, you know the great Lawrence Frank, who is running the Clippers now. But when he was the head coach of the Nets, Lawrence and I was preparing for him. He had 126 set plays, <laughs> 126. I'll never forget it. And and uh, now, but we would give four to our team. <laughs> you know, so based on the things that Lawrence, you know, would run the most, you know, in the games, the several games that were preceding, and. You know, and and that's that's an amazing ability to be able to prepare your team. It's a really hard job uh, to do that. Uh, but now, after the game is over, what as your role? What did you do for the the person that you were working with? In many cases, the defensive coordinator and or the head coach.
1: Well, my, my first couple years years uh, with the Clippers, I, I was primarily player development. Um, and in large part, that was working with with Kevin Eastman initially, uh, John Welch, Dave Severins, yep. all guys that have, have taught me a ton in, in the world of development and in life itself. But um, so uh, Kevin used to what, what he would do is wh- when you're the head coach, you know, of, of a, a major NBA team like that, it, it's not we used to call it FaceTime. Like FaceTime's not always easy Mm -hmm. because he has so many things coming at him from so many different angles. Every day there's something new. So it was like, how can I provide value? Um, And this is kind of what Kevin taught me initially is how can I provide value on a daily basis without just barging and being, you know, interruptive and, and things like that. And what he used to do is, is write up notes, uh, and just slip them under Doc's door, uh, or just put them, uh, put them like in his folder or or something like that in his briefcase. Uh, so, so I started doing that and, and that was just strictly following kind of what Kevin did. And, and it was something that, uh, basically when the game ended, you know, I would just watch the game and, and just, you know, sometimes it was only a couple of things and sometimes it was a couple pages and, and half the time there probably wasn't much value on that but but what it did though is it it, it taught me a lot uh, probably more so than it than it helped uh, a guy like doc, but it but it, it helped me a lot. It showed me uh, it showed me the value of just you know the, the work ethic it takes to, to come up with ideas and, and to come up with strategy and and how hard it is uh, you know to nitpick little things and, and the detail it takes so, uh, that, but that was something that I would do, and and you know we would play the Knicks on Tuesday, and and on Wednesday I'd I'd watch the tape and just try to you know write down some things that I saw that that maybe we could work on in practice, and then just uh, slip it under uh, Doc's door, and then that was something that that I tried to continue you know as much as I could, and and something that uh, you know I, I enjoyed doing.
0: I love that providing value for the person you work for. Brilliant. I love it, and that's why Kevin Eastman's always been one of the very, very best. Has a different level of thinking than other people in the business. Talk about now with the G League, with your team in Delaware, Kobe Carl, the head coach. You're his assistant. Talk about what you're. uh, Talk about the structure of the G League teams. We have a head coach and sometimes two assistants on a team. Or.
1: Yeah, it, seem, it seems to be that way. Uh, seems like uh, most staffs have two to three. Uh, so we have three assistants. Uh-huh. Um, the, the head coach, Kobe Carl, uh, who's tremendous. Uh, Prosper Carawanga is the GM, who's uh, in the front office in Philly. And then also in the front office in Philly is Jameer Nelson, who's the assistant GM, you know, Philadelphia legend. Yep. Um, so that that's the structure of it. Um, you know, we're, we're the 76ers. Affiliate uh, play about forty-five minutes south in Delaware. Uh, very nice. Uh, it's called the Chase Fieldhouse. Uh, beautiful, beautiful uh, arena. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a ton of fun. So we're uh, the G League was set up this year. There was a uh, w- another kind of training ground for the for the NBA. They they set the league up in two parts this year. There was a uh, fifty total games, but the first part was what they called a Showcase Cup. Was, which was like a 12 game regular season uh, followed up by a postseason tournament. Uh, so that was uh, that conducted in uh, Las Vegas at the showcase, wrapped up in December, the end of December. And then the second season just started uh, about January 1st, which is a 36 game season, uh, which totals 50. Uh, and that that just started a couple weeks ago. So we're we're in what they call the regular season now, which is like a thirty six game run followed up by another playoffs.
0: I I think uh, what they're doing and they're really doing a great job experimenting because I know the NBA wants to have an in season tournament, so they're trying to figure out how to work that. But I think it's great. Uh, give me a uh, give me a rule that you you would like to see incorporated into college or. Uh, Or the NBA that you use in the CBA? Any that come to mind?
1: That's a good question. I would say uh, a rule would be. I don't like our free throw rule. Yeah, (laughs) that that is that is that has been taken some getting used to. Yeah,
0: I can understand Um, that.
1: But I don't have anything. I don't have anything off the top. Let me um, ask
0: you this one: Don't in the lat. Tell me if they have this in the last minute of play, or you know, you can still advance the ball, but you can't you can. go in the huddle. Is that correct?
1: You can. Ad- you get one advance a game. So so you get one advance. Obviously, you know that you get the. If you got a timeout, you can advance it. But even if you don't have a timeout, if you have your advance, you can advance it. And, so,
0: and I think that is that, fabulous. That's a good rule. I really do because it doesn't waste time. It's not like it. But, boy, you know, I, I pity the poor college coaches that have four seconds or less and they got to go 94 feet and then they look like asses because they throw the ball out of bounds, the ball's intercepted, I'm trying to throw it down the court, you know, and, and as opposed to getting it up there and giving the kids a chance to compete and tie the game up or win the game, I think it's just uh, really a smart thing to do.
1: Well, it just makes it more exciting too, right? You just give your team yeah. a better chance to tie the game or win the game, and it's more exciting for the fans. And so, I completely yeah. agree to you with hey. you. The advanced rule is, is cool. It's yeah. something that yeah is new to me, so I'm I'm learning it.
0: JP, uh, in, in this in the summertime, uh, t- talk about how what opportunity. Uh, you guys get as far as uh, with the Summer League?
1: Yeah, so so the G League generally runs uh, until about April 1st, and right. then there's a, a shortened version of the playoffs. Um, the, the top six teams, I believe, from each conference make the, the G League regular season playoffs. So by the time uh, the NBA playoffs start, the G League uh, just about wrapped up. So by then, you're if you're... You know, parent club is in in the in the playoffs. You're, you know, hopefully a part of that from afar. Um, And then once the the playoffs, the NBA playoffs are done, generally there's, you know, a couple weeks off. And then right about June, uh, the end of May, middle of May into June, they start the draft workout. So that's Mm -hmm. usually bringing in four to six, depending on where your draft pick is, you know, bringing in four to six guys maybe a couple times a week that are in your draft range and then put them through workouts. So, uh, let's say you have the 10th pick, you know, you're bringing in guys that, that are around that range mm-hmm. and then you're, you're testing them, you're doing, you know, weights, body weights, agility, uh, you know, they're doing the measurements and then the basketball part, two on two, three on three, you do some one-on-ones. So that's, that's a lot of fun. Um, and then you also see, you know, some guys that, that don't make it that, you know, could end up in the G League. So it's a good time to, to get to know young guys and, and, you know, build relationships with guys. And, you know, generally you're going to see them uh, if, if they're that high of a level, you're going to see them somewhere uh, in professional basketball.
0: JP uh it's it's exciting because it's basketball 24-7 and I know that's what you love and that's what your whole family has loved forever uh but hey thanks for taking time and explaining to our audience uh you know something that you know most of us didn't know about and I and I think it's just fantastic you did a great job and and I appreciate your friendship over the years my friend
1: well coach I, I appreciate everything you've done for me and and you've been instrumental and uh I'll always say that, and I won't ever get sick of it because that's how important you've been in my career. So I thank you for everything, and, and thank you for the opportunity uh, to, to jump on your show today.
0: We're just getting started, JP. We're just getting started. All right, good luck the rest of the season, and we'll see you soon.
1: Okay, thanks, Coach.
0: JP, great, great job. Um, I, I just love this story. I just And for those of you, uh, whoever you are that are dreaming about this, And and his daddy, who I'm very close to, the great Bo Clark, when I, I, you know, he called me up one day, and this is the end of the story. He called me up one day and he said, Coach, what are you telling my son? He's going to maybe be with the Boston Celtics. That's not right to tell tell a kid he's going to go to the NBA. He's not even a college coach. I said, he's going to be in the NBA in two weeks. And he thought I was almost being delusional and mean to his son and two weeks later he was with the Boston Celtics I love that because it was a dream that he had but we made it a reality and you can do it if you believe in yourself and you find a path to work and get there till next week this is the coach Brendan Sir